Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the CAF America Radio Network, a production of the Charities Aid Foundation of America. As the leader in global giving, CAF America offers more than 20 years of experience and expertise to corporations, foundations, and individuals who wish to give internationally and with enhanced due diligence in the United States. Through its industry-leading grant management programs and philanthropic advisory services, CAF America helps donors amplify their impact. This show is dedicated to these donors and the charities they support. CAF America is uniquely positioned to serve as the bridge between these important partners and transforms vision into meaningful action. Guests on the CAF America Radio Network are leaders in their field who share tips for success and stories that inspire. Our host is Ted Hart, the CEO of the Charities Aid Foundation of America. This is a live call-in show. Add your voice by calling 914-338-0855. After the show, you can find all of our podcasts at CAFAmerica.org. Don't forget to dial 914-338-0855. Now, welcome the host of the CAF America Radio Network, Ted Hart. And welcome here to the latest edition of the CAF America Radio Network. Uh, today's show is coming to you live from the global headquarters of the Charities Aid Foundation of America. Today our topic is international grant making and the best practices for charity reporting. Our experts today are David Shevlin, who is a partner in the New York office of Simpson, Thatcher, and Bartlett, and is head of the Exempt Organizations Group. He advises a variety of international and domestic exempt organizations, including all forms of private foundations and public charities. Mr. Shevlin also advises donors to and about the governing bodies of exempt organizations. Mr. Shevlin has also recognized as a leading practitioner in Chambers USA, America's leading lawyers for business. In addition, he regularly uh, speaks and writes on topics of relevance to exempt organizations. Joining us also here today on the CAF America Radio Network is John Bennett. Uh, John Bennett is an associate in the same firm of Simpson, Thatcher, and Bartlett, where he practices in the exempt organizations department. He advises a number of endowed universities, foundations, hospitals, and cultural institutions in connection with the investment of their endowments. John has represented nonprofit uh, institutions in connection with secondary market sales of interest in various private investment vehicles. John also advises a variety of public charities and private foundations on structural and operating issues, including governance, reorganizations, domestic and international grant making, and taxation. Gentlemen, welcome here to the CAF America Radio Network. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure for us to join you. It's uh, great to have you here. Now, this is a very important uh, topic, um, as uh, from the perspective uh, I would I would imagine of of the IRS. Um, let's start off with um, if you gentlemen could sort of set the table here, um, specifically from CAF America's uh, perspective. Uh, there are a number of new requirements and changing practices after the P- uh, Pension Protection Act of 2006 regarding grant making from donor advised funds. Um, from the IRS's perspective, um, what are the requirements uh, for uh, reporting of these grants? 
So, Ted, this is Dave, and I'm going to throw this to John in a moment, but I think you raise a very good point about the, the landscape that we are in with respect to international grant making from the IRS's perspective. After 2006, the law changed to bring donor-advised funds, um, uh, uh, among which I, I know CAF America sponsors, uh, within the realm of, of the types of organizations that are subject to the rules that apply to private foundations with respect to international grant making. And as we've recently seen, the IRS is proposing to adopt new standards um, and has raised new questions about the ways that organizations go about making what we call equivalency determinations in making uh, grants outside the United States. Reporting uh, is a very key element of um, international grant making from both a, a best practices perspective, which we can get to, and also from the perspective of what the, uh, the IRS um, requires and expects. So, John will talk a little bit about uh, about the realm in which the IRS requires reporting. So, in terms of uh, in terms of IRS requirements, and going back to uh, to what you had raised, Ted, and what Dave had noted, uh, the the Pension Protection Act applied the uh, the private foundation rules uh, on expenditure responsibility to sponsoring organizations of donor advised funds. Uh, so, in terms of reporting for donor advised funds that are making international grants. Uh, donor advised funds now have to uh, have to uh, do expenditure responsibility in connection with these grants. One of the requirements of expenditure responsibility, uh, and expenditure responsibility is found in Section 4945 of the Internal Revenue Code, is to uh, to get regular reports from your grantees. So sponsoring organizations of donor advised funds making international grants now need to be sure to get reports from their international grantees and then also to report to the IRS on the, uh, the grants that are made to international uh, grantees. Private foundations do this on their Form 990-PF. Uh, the Form 990 has yet to be updated for, uh, for public charities like, uh, like sponsoring organizations of donor-advised funds to specifically provide uh, space to report on expenditure responsibility grants, but many donor-advised funds do report uh, on attachments to the Form 990, what grants they're making to foreign organizations to uh, to comply with those requirements until there's a bit more clarity from the IRS as to, uh, you know, precisely where to report those uh, those types of grants. So let's break this down a, a little bit. So um, it, very clearly, the IRS's expectation is that these reports are being collected on a regular basis, uh, even if the 990 right now is not explicitly reporting those. Uh, back, the uh, sponsoring organization, CAF America, in this regard, um, is expected to be collecting those and having those available should there be an audit or a question about any grant. That, that's, that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. So um, looking at best practices now, so we, we understand uh, where the, the legal um, requirement and regulation uh, comes down for international grant making. Let's talk about um, the, the best practices in terms of how often these reports should be collected um, and what sort of information needs to be included. So um, let's take the first question, which is how often should um, these reports be collected from a best practices point of view? Um, I, I think we can start from the, the premise that they should, at the very least, come uh, on an annual basis, if not more frequently. Now, when you say annual basis, is that the annual basis of when the grant was made or somehow tied to the organizational's fis uh, fiscal year or the sponsoring organization's fiscal year? 
I think that in our experience, most organizations find that it's appropriate to tie it to the grantees' fiscal year because that is really the way that the grantee is going to be in the best position to give you the most transparent and accurate reporting about their results if you do it uh, on, on a schedule that ties to their fiscal year. If you do it to the sponsoring organization's fiscal year, which may or may not match the grantee's fiscal year, you may not be getting the you know the best information that you might otherwise want to have. And if you trigger it solely on the schedule of the grant, then you may be getting reports that come at a time of year that you know, may, may not be, again, the most informative. So I would look at it from the fiscal year of the grantee's perspective. But again, you know, the, the, the nature of the project, the nature of the grant, will also inform how frequent these reports should come and when they should, when they should come. We do have clients that expect some form of reporting on a quarterly basis as well. This may be with respect to projects that are anticipated to be very, uh, a short term, maybe a year or two, in which the funds are going to be expended quickly and rapidly, and the grantor may be looking for updates in, in more real time, if you will, um, than an annual report could provide. So they may be looking for something on a biannual, uh, excuse me, a semi-annual or a quarterly basis. Now, but you had I, just I, mentioned an, yeah. an important concept of that the frequency may be uh, less than a year, um, but I think backing up from there, um, you're also raising the issue of the initial grant agreement um, and how that's uh, reviewed. Can we talk a little bit about that and how that then uh, dovetails into this reporting requirement? Sure. So, uh, John, why don't you, you take this one? You're, Ted, you're asking about what are best practices for the provisions that should be included in a grant agreement? Sure. Yes, I, I, I'm picking up on your your line of of, uh, of answers here, and that that the frequency could be tied to the grant itself, and presumably there is some sort of grant agreement, um, and what should be in that agreement, and how should that be interpreted? Yeah, I think uh, you know if you're if a sponsoring organization, in this case Cap America, is making a grant to a to a foreign organization and performing expenditure responsibility on that grant, uh, you you do need to enter into a grant agreement with that grantee. And what you want to include in that grant agreement is very specifically what the purpose of the grant is, so that you've clearly set forth uh, an understanding between the grantor and the grantee what those funds are to be used for. Uh, also, some provisions uh, requiring that the grantee uh, either you know, return uh, monies that are spent for other purposes, and then also set forth very specifically your reporting expectations from that grantee, so that the grantee you know, knows when reports are expected, and so that you have a, a contract between you and the grantee uh, requiring that those reports are provided. And what those reports need to say. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the contract will will speak about both when those reports are due and uh, how frequently they need to be submitted, and perhaps as importantly, what the expectation is with respect to the content of those reports. And that's where you see practice very widely, and I think that's where you see grantors and grantees really needing to establish some good communication up front about what those expectations are, because this is where we see problems arise. So the agreement becomes extremely uh, important, and uh, of course, uh, here at CAF America, we have a, an agreement in place for each and every grant. Um, so for our listeners today who are looking for guidance on how they should best report, what are the best practices, uh, one of the places for them to go back to is to make sure that they understand the details of the initial grant agreement. 
Precisely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, when talking about those reports now, um, is it better for charities to state their goals in terms of uh, measurable results um, only, or stories, and and uh, or both? I think um, it will depend on what the situation calls for, but um, I I would I would perhaps break it into three categories. You need some. You generally will need some quant, um, quantifiable uh, results um, in terms of metrics. Um, how much was spent? What was it spent on? Um, and then what's the impact? Um, how, you know, how many patients did the clinic serve in, in that quarter, in the previous quarter? Um, you know, how long did the refugee camp stay in operation? You know, these these kinds of of metrics that give you some uh, quantifiable objective results, and then I think um, qualitative results, um, which aren't just about dollars and cents, but a but a, a, a narrative, if you will. Most of our, most of our clients, I think it's fair to say, with respect to their international grant making, to some degree their domestic grant making, will not just be looking from their grantees to submit um, financial. Uh, information with their reports, but narrative information as well. Tell us about what you've been doing um, with our grant, and generally speaking, and um, what what achievements you as an organization have been able to uh, to make. I, I, I think it's important both from a compliance perspective, but also the, these are charities with whom you may be thinking about a longer-term relationship who may come back to you for more money, and um, these kind of reports are are key in terms of evaluating the future relationship that may that and how may successful they were. But is there also not a prohibition uh, against uh, granting to an organization that has not yet uh, reported on prior grants? There, uh, well, it's it's certainly. From an, it would be very difficult from a best practice perspective. Yeah, it would be very difficult to advise a client to um, to proceed with a subsequent grant when the grantee was not in compliance with the first grant on any material term, including um, the timely uh, submission of reports. And, and looking at those um, those statistics and the financials, um, do you find that uh, organizations have a tough time uh, getting to those uh, quantifiable uh, measures and uh, are better at the storytelling or vice versa? It's a really good question. Um, I, I think that um, – when, when you're dealing with grants in, in developed markets outside the United States, you, you don't really run into um, the, the concern very as often. You have different accounting metrics and accounting methodologies, and those sometimes can uh, get bumpy or a little frustrating. In the emerging markets, um, this, which is why having a clear and transparent understanding of what the expectations are up front is so important, because sometimes in the emerging markets, you know, you have financial systems that aren't as necessarily as evolved and sophisticated, and so you're, you may be you may be asking for 
um, or used to seeing from other grantees a level of financial reporting that these grantees are not necessarily up to the task for. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have to disqualify all those grants just because they can't report in a manner that's commensurate with what you would get in the United States. But, John, you want to add? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that you can do to be sure that you're getting the type of information that, that you want and, and that you want to review in terms of, of actual quantifiable information is to attach to your grant agreement a schedule of the information. You know, so if you attach an example of a report from showing people the type of detail that you would want so that then those organizations can specifically track that, even if they're as sort of everyday practice with respect to other grants may not be tracking that, but so that they can track that information for you and provide it to you in, in the reports that they send you. So, so model some, uh, some well-written reports uh, to, to give uh, some clues as to what you might be looking for. That's that's exactly right. You know, expenditure responsibility, the process we're talking about today with respect to international grant making, requires the grantor to do a pre-grant inquiry, which is due, due diligence on the grantee. As part of the due diligence process, you know, one element, as John was referring to, can be, um, <clears throat> you know, a, a, a review of their systems and their methods for um, for accounting and, and uh, producing financial financial information. Now, you mentioned that uh, around the world there are different accounting standards, and, and certainly they, they vary widely from uh, one organization to another based on the sophistication of their, their internal controls. How much latitude uh, would you say should be granted uh, to uh, a charity reporting um, based on those differences? Um, I, I think that um, what I would say to a client is when you look at these numbers as they've been produced to you, do you have um, a reasonable basis of comfort that you understand what you've been presented with? Do you have a reasonable basis to conclude that this information um, uh, you know, of course, uh, assuming it's been honestly prepared um, is is an accurate reflection, or are you shrugging your shoulders and saying, "Well, you know, I can't make heads or tails of these numbers, but they appear to be, um, you know, they, they appear to be done in accordance with whatever systems they have they have in that area." The latter is not is not the right way to go about it. Um, the former is the way to go about it. I think that you can have latitude. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to close that file and, and be able to say, I have confidence that I understand the results. That so, so this is where professional judgment and skill uh, comes into the evaluation process. It's not a matter of just checking the right boxes or submitting the right report. It's uh, were the goals of the grant met. Precisely. Now, what if uh, money was spent differently? Uh, what should the charity do? Is, is that illegal? Well, it, it depends. I mean, the, the, what you're going to, uh, going back to our, our original point about grant agreements, is that you're going to want to have an agreement with each of these grantees setting forth what they can use the money for. The agreement also may say that if money is used for different purposes, they'll return that money to you uh, immediately and terminate the grant agreement. So, it, it, you know, what you want to look for is, is the money being used for what it's supposed to be used for? If it's not, um, what is it being used for? Is it being used for something where you can uh, you can you know provide a, a waiver um, and, and allow them to use it for that purpose? Or if it's uh, something that's being used for a non-charitable purpose, uh, then you do need to take that um, or you need to request that money comes back. 
expenditure responsibility includes within its requirements that you that that you specify no you know if there's been a diversion of your funds that you'll you'll have the recourse to get that money back so yes i mean to, the short answer to your question is it it it, it most certainly is um illegal in the sense that it will violate a ER compliant grant agreement if the money is diverted for purposes other than what was um specified in the grant agreement so you need to be quite explicit that any changes would need to be immediately notified and would need to be approved. Otherwise, the organization, the, the granted organization, uh, risks um, a request for that those funds to be returned. That's that's right. That's right. And and in fact, the uh, the granting organization, in this case, CAF America, uh, would be required to request that money back if, in in fact. Uh, it was found to be diverted for non-charitable purposes? That's right. Um, keeping on the topic of, uh, of reporting on how money is spent, is there a best practice in, in terms of uh, reporting length? Uh, we've, we talked about the timing and the frequency. Uh, it can also be a matter of professional judgment based on uh, the extent of the grant. Uh, but what if the money um, uh is is desired for different purposes um is there any latitude on the part of the charity or or it's only the only latitude is on the granting organization um as, as you know expenditure responsibility is uh, b because of its requirements that the grantee provides you with reports and then you the grantor report on those grants on your form 990 Expenditure responsibility lends itself best to um, specific projects that have a, a defined lifespan so that um, when the project is complete, the reporting is complete, your, your um, reporting obligations to the IRS are complete, and the file can be closed. So they have to report through the life of the grant. That's required within expenditure responsibility. You have to get at least annual reports with a final report at the end of the grant. Um, now, as far as, be, and that is why general support grants are not always as uh, as good for expenditure responsibility because there's really, it's difficult to, to test the, the expiration of, of the life of a general support grant. It can go on and on and on and on. There needs to be something specific in the grant agreement. Right. You want to say, I'm supporting this project that is estimated to conclude by X. Now, the grantor can certainly um, say, look, if you, haven't spent, if you haven't been able to spend the money and complete the project by the end of one year, two year, three years, whatever the, the term is specified in the agreement, then I, the grantor, can extend the grant, uh, extend the life of the grant with my, uh, you know, with my permission. Otherwise, you've got to complete it by X date and get the final report to me by X date. And grantees do, um, with some frequency, negotiate some some flexibility in terms of the project completion because it's fair to say I think it's fair from their perspective that they may not always have the exact date in mind when they're going to have something complete. What are some of the best ways for a charity and a grantor, in this case CAF America, uh, to interact to meet the standards, which are which are fairly robust standards? Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, the the pre-grant inquiry process is a is a very Im important 
process not just for checking the box and saying that you that you meet you met the expenditure responsibility requirement of a pre-grant inquiry, but so you could do exactly what you just asked, Ted, which is interact with each other to make sure that you are um, you know, cre creating basically the best possible relationship when it comes to reporting and also um, on the other aspects of the grant. Um, the, the, the grantor, I think, can get a very good sense during that pre-grant inquiry period of whether or not um, you know, the, the grantee is up to the, to the expectations that it's going to have as to complete reporting so that it's going to be in a position to turn around and, and comply with the IRS rules. What, what would you say the IRS is most concerned about uh, in reporting on grants, international grants? I think the IRS is most concerned about ensuring that there hasn't been a diversion, um, that the grant funds have not been spent um, for uh, illegal, uh, has, have been used illegally, that the grant funds um, haven't been used in uh, a manner that would then implicate concerns under our anti-terrorist financing uh, regime, our OFAC regime. Um, you know, the IRS has been uh, works with Treasury, and obviously, um, the the you know the first 10, 12, 13 years of this century have been a great deal of focus paid to uh, ensuring that all uh, all areas of financing in the public and the private sector and the nonprofit and the for-profit sector are conducted in a way to um, best avoid financing illegal and terrorist activity outside the United States. Now, you had mentioned the uh, OFAC or the Office of Foreign Assets uh, Control. Um, can, can you speak specifically in, in terms of these IRS concerns that, that you point out, um, are much of those concerns matching up the pre-grant assessment to the, the grant report and that the charity needs to be very cognizant of that review? Yes. Um, the, the best way that you can demonstrate to a regulator in the United States that you've taken reasonable steps to ensure that your grant won't be used for um, illegal uh, purposes is to, one, show that you did due diligence on the grantee, which, depending on the grantee and where the grantee is located, might include some what we call list checking on OFAC's website to ensure that the grantee or some of its officers or principals don't appear on any watch lists. And then, after the due diligence, the second way that you demonstrate that you've done what you should do from a regulatory perspective to avoid uh, illegal use of your funds is to be getting those reports, reading those reports, and getting comfortable that your money was used as it was intended. So in reading those reports, um, it, would, you, would you suggest that the best practice is on the part of the grantor in reading and sort of digesting those reports in the file that would include the due diligence and now include the reporting that there be a definitive statement signed off by someone from the organization saying that the terms of the of the grant were met, uh, no funds were, were diverted, and in fact this was uh, legally attended to? 
Yeah, in, in terms of best practices, I, we, we do think that that's a, that's a good way to go about it. I mean, it, it, first of all, to make sure that you do have someone reviewing each of those reports when they come in and kind of giving it the, uh, you know, the smell test, giving it a close review and then making sure that everything looks like it's supposed to look like. Uh, and then noting for your files uh, so that in case anyone were ever to, to ask that you have reviewed the report and that the, the report appears to be in compliance with, uh, with not only what you asked for, um, but what the charity was supposed to do. We tell well, and part of this, of course, is is uh, is that professional judgment. Uh, noting the time here, gentlemen, can you just uh, quickly round out the show uh, by giving us um, the short list of what would be that legal compliance review at the end? The legal compliance review at the end would be to, and we tell people use a use a form that you will have a piece of paper at the, uh, that you have boxes on it that you check all reports received, um, no indication of diversion, um, and grant completed. So essentially you have a file that you can close that file at the end of the day that shows paperwork that you have the diligence, your grant agreement, and your reports, and that paper that shows we've read these reports and they are in compliance with the grant agreement's requirements for the reports. Excellent job today, gentlemen. We have uh, today on the show David Shevlin and John Bennett, both from the firm Simpson, Thatcher, and Bartlett, giving us their insights and expert uh, opinions on how we can best do grant reporting. And that is uh, today's edition of the CAF America Radio Network. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to the CAF America Radio Network. Tell all your friends and colleagues to check out our production schedule. Sign up for our free newsletter and download our iPad and iPod-friendly podcasts at CAFAmerica.org. Thanks for listening to the CAF America Radio Network.